Oh, uh, for what the hell, we could probably go off and talk about uh, Hitman's bodyguard wife. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Okay. And welcome to Nerd Sports. Uh, today we're going to talk about the intricate sports of... You know what? I, I actually ended up watching a lot of soccer this weekend. Yeah, I mean... I get... We were at, what were we doing? We were No, we were at uh, Bricktown on Friday, and we started watching mm-hmm. uh, football, uh, basketball. Right? Not basketball. God damn. I can't. We, it was at, uh, it was like that hacky sack volleyball hybrid. Yes. That was crazy to watch. I'm like. Volley oh. football. Vo- yeah, volley, yeah, volley it was, football. It was soccer. Like that. That's, that, that was one of the weirdest sports. I, I was like. Are they not allowed to use their hands? He's like, yeah, it's a thing. And you just busted out. I was like, that's a pro tour? I'm like, that dude, that's hacky stack. Or hack, hacky stack. Hacky sack with, like, extra like steps. Step. So, I mean, like, if, if you could get a stoner, like a legitimate 90s stoner, out of the out of his mom's base, basement long enough, and you take him, tell him to take his Jinko jeans off, or jeans off and, you know, get out on the beach, dude, they'd kill they would kill, absolutely kill on that tour. They would dominate. Yeah. They really would. But yeah, no. Um, we just had what was it? The 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 women's college uh, softball World Series. Uh, and it came down to Oklahoma, which they were the top seed, and then uh, Florida State. They were the number two seed. That was another thing. Something about the uh, NCAA. Yeah, but uh, Oklahoma State ended up taking that title two games, two games to one, um, which was kind of expected. But uh, still, nonetheless, I mean, it 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 was kind of cool to see a team that traditionally, from what I understand, doesn't normally get to the final, uh, being the Florida State girls. But uh, you know, it, uh, it it definitely got it definitely got a lot of attention. Because that the the women's college world series is held up in Oklahoma City, so that's just literally up the road from us. So I'm thinking maybe next year, depending on where we're at, you know, we could probably try to go up there for maybe like a day, you know, just to kind of, I don't know, get a. Where is it at again? It's it's, it's in Oklahoma City. That's only two hour drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we could do that. I mean, I mean, we got a whole what year to plan for. with the Warriors? You know what? That's a great question because the PR guy and the coach, neither one of them got back to me. Let me look that up. It's pretty bad that we're trying to uh, boost sales, basically, by getting our five people to go to these uh, games and everything. Because I've been, I've been at one of the hockey games when it was free. Yeah. For a day. And it still only had like six to seven people. I mean, yeah, just um, it was it was just as bad as our podcast. Well, they've got all these thank you things across the uh, across their web page, so I'm thinking their season's over. Is it? Uh, well, we can still get a hold of them to talk about the next season. Yeah, because I mean, the last scores that they had posted were on from the 22nd, which well, actually, it is, well, they've got a there's there's a game that's a, that's on their ticker for tomorrow, but. Wichita Falls is not on here. Um, let me see here. When is the last time that the I mean, hell the Warriors are not even listed on here? So I think maybe they got bounced from the playoffs. So, but is what it is. Uh, so well, here's the here's the other sports news. Mm-hmm. Uh, sports agent said uh, Supreme Court ruling a rare example of seeing NCAA on their back foot. Uh, I, I read, like, a small amount of this when I was on break today, but I'm trying to find the actual ruling ruling because most of it's just hearsay. Uh, faced proposition of uh, reshaping the college athletes, and the pre- uh, Supreme Court issued a narrow but potential transformation ruling Monday in a case that pitted college athletes against the NCAA. Uh, 
at the uh, at the issue it, it, uh, in the in the case where the NCAA ruled the limited educational benefits for college players as part of their scholarship. Yeah. So basically, what they're going to do is. Uh, Making sure that I'm right on this when choices for consumer by distributing college sports from professional sports and well, while you're reading that, uh, we would be remiss if we did not talk about um, the NBA. The NBA is down to their for well their final four. Uh, the conference finals between uh, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they're playing for the West Conference title, and then Atlanta and Milwaukee are going to uh, – they're going to – they actually tip, tip off tonight uh, for game one of their series in the Eastern Conference finals. Um, it, the traditional heavy hitters, the, the Warriors, the Lakers, um, they're out. They're, you know, they're out. Um, Celtics are out. I mean, everybody's out with the exception of these four teams. Uh, Phoenix. What happened? What happened with the uh, LA Lakers? They sh- they were supposed to go all the way up to the top, right? Uh, I I think LeBron did he flopped his way out of the first round. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Because uh, then then that prompted Michael Jordan to uh, give his uh, two yeah, cents. Two cents is saying that the uh, discussion about LeBron being included in the goat conversation is now over. <laughs> you know, is, so when the air, uh, when his airness comes out and says, "Ah, yeah, no, yeah," but uh, which is really great because yeah. it just goes to show how much of a pompous ass that guy is. Yeah, well, the king, not the if not I, if, the real king. Yeah, if 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 I'm gonna pull for any of these four teams, I honestly think I'd like to see Phoenix go all the way. I really would. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it's like the Clippers. They, they're L.A. Dude, I, I've got no use for teams from L.A. Really don't. They, I've got about as much t- use for, for L.A. teams as I do New York Most people don't teams. even watch the L.A. teams that much anymore. Well, they do, and it's just because ever since, like, uh, the you know, the Warriors, when they had their – well, Warriors, they're, they're more of a, a, an Oakland team, but still. So it, it's, it's the California-based teams, and I'm just like – now, I mean, the only thing that people are really kind of paying attention to here anymore is the Padres. That's just because the Padres have got almost a billion dollars on their payroll, I mean, it seems like. but How are they actually doing in the events, though? Uh, the Padres. Let me look at the standings real quick. In the uh, National League, the Padres are in third place. They're five games back of the Giants, uh, who have a game and a half lead over the Dodgers in the uh, National League West. But oh to finish this up, uh all the NCAA the AA what the Supreme Court's doing is they're trying to compensate the students because basically NCAA is marketing these uh in a multi-billion dollar industry and the students aren't getting compensated good enough. Yeah. You know, and at some point that that was going to kind of become a thing, but yeah. Um, well, I'm surprised. Well, they're doing it also with like uh, footballs. They're trying to, they're trying to get it to where they get a small pay, right, for uh, going to college and playing for these teams. Now, last week when we came here to film, uh, the my beloved Red Sox had fallen to fourth place in the American League East. Uh, they kind of hit a little rough streak there. Um, Tampa Bay, which had been on an absolute tear. As of today, they come into today losing their last six games. Oh. Um, The Red Sox, I woke up this morning, and my Red Sox were a half game in first place, all by their lonesome. So, uh, the the, of course, the Yankees, they're they're in third place, but they're four and a half games back. But we still have better part. We we still have over half the season left because – uh, we're still a couple of weeks out from the All-Star game, which is the the halfway point of the season. But uh, last week, and uh, <laughs> I need to need to put this out there, last week, my Red Sox, they did me proud. A um, buddy of mine who I'm about to call and bring onto the show, uh, Zach Medford, he uh, 
He lives in South Carolina, and he is a diehard uh, Braves fan. And we had, and if you recall, we had made a friendly little wager that it was a two-game series that it was going to be played. Quit shaking the table for crying out loud. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I'm like, uh, getting all vertigo because it's like, okay, why is the room moving? But uh, I promise I haven't had that much to drink. But uh, <laughs> it was a two-game series uh, to be played at Truist Park down there in Atlanta. Yeah. Where the All-Star game should be getting played. But might still get played there after all the people sue. If everything. they do, it won't be until next year. Yeah. But because uh, they've already got the infrastructure getting set up and everything like that in uh, in Denver, so they're not going to move it again. But um, uh, the Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox and Braves were playing that. and So we had a friendly little wager that if one team got swept – that the fan of that team had to wear the opposition's hat in their Facebook profile picture for one week. Now, I knew I was going to be safe when <coughs> that night, uh, the first night that they played, which was Tuesday the 15th, the Red Sox beat the Braves 10-8, to right? So, um, I, you know, I, uh, I texted Zach the next day. I said, you know, hey, uh, does, uh, you know, at least I'm guaranteed a spot in the finals, right? I didn't have to worry about wearing the hat because at best, I mean, at worst at that point, I you know they could just split the series and, and you know nobody would have had to have worn the, you know worn the other team's hat. And the next day, the Red Sox uh, ended up winning ten to seven. No, come on, Jesus, let's go. I swear, I, I know how to work these things. Um, yeah, so they beat them ten to seven, or was it ten eight? Ten eight. Modern technology. Let's go. Anyway, so yeah. Um, well, maybe it was ten eight both nights. Yeah, it was. It was ten eight both nights. Anyways, so yeah, ten eight, ten eight, ten eight. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I I was on my way to Amarillo with uh, my two youngest boys to uh, see their brother receive an award with the Amarillo Police Department. And uh, I texted him on the way, on the road. I was like, hey, bud, you know, how you holding up? I get a text message from him four hours later. <laughs> he, said, he said crying a lot. But seriously, the Braves at this point just need to get the fuck off the reservation. Now I got to go get some Red Sox gear to, to honor this bet. You know, and I'm like, all right. So I told him, I said I'd call him today when we were here filming the episode. So that way I could give him a platform to bitch about the Braves. And he was like, all right, yeah, I'll be available. And then I just texted him to make sure that he was available. So Is he up? Let me go ahead and give him a buzz. <coughs> uh, so let us go ahead and do that. Can you hear it just fine? Yeah. yeah okay, good, good, good. Well, he better answer his phone. Hey, Zach, what's going on, brother? Well, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing okay. Uh, you're on the podcast, so, you know, we, we affectionately refer to our little sports episodes as nerd sports. So uh, I was just going over uh, our little wager uh, oh, yeah. concerning last week's games and you know, if uh, you know, I was kind of letting our, our viewers and listeners know that uh, you know I had texted you on uh, what was it Thursday last week, just to kind of check to see how you were doing, and uh, yeah. Well, I, I, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, it's hard to find. It's it's quite similar, so I don't want to like buy any Red Sox gear, right? Because, <laughs> like, I don't like. It's almost like going to find toilet paper with shit already on it. And it's been really hard in, in South Carolina. Well, you see, you know, you make that sound like, you know, that wearing Red Sox gear, or putting any kind of Red Sox paraphernalia on your Facebook profile as we had agreed upon would be the same as maybe wearing Yankee pinstripes. And I just don't see the similarities there at all. Uh, honest, if I had to pull anything out of my ass, which both teams would come out of it, 
Uh, actually, that came off wrong. Uh, oh, it did very much so. <laughs> <laughs> the whole team or just or just the people on the. Uh... Okay, so you're hearing you're hearing my co-host David. So, um, and I'm getting yeah, he all. Sounds a little yeah. faint. I can't really make him out. Yeah, he was he was asking, was it the whole team that you pulled out of your ass, or is it just certain players? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. You know, I could get. I, I, uh, you know, pun intended. I can get behind that. You know, the captain's always got a. He's always had a warm spot in my heart. Loop de loop, right? All right. So as we agreed upon, I told you uh, that I would give you a platform upon which you could vent about the Braves. So, Mr. Medford, do you have the floor? This is going to be real fun because we're coming off a doubleheader yesterday against the Cardinals in which we took three of the four-game series. Of course, looking in historical fucking events, we always beat the Cardinals, you know, like a redheaded stepchild in the season. When it comes to postseason, it's flipped. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've knocked us out historically 11 postseasons. Yeah, that, that um, includes the infamous infield fly play, right? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, I can't remember that umpire's name, but, man, if I ever catch him in a fucking bar, it is on. Uh, uh, kind of like Angel so, Hernandez? <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. I don't even know what that guy's still doing in baseball, but whatever. He's proof that you can suck at your job and still be employed. Like, that's just me. Um, and then don't forget, uh, was it last year? Year before that. Uh, I don't know if you remember the infamous – historical 11 run top of the first inning Cardinals at Braves um, they they put up 11 runs in top of the first the game was that's the only game that I've ever stopped watching in the first inning um, that was game five I think uh, they took that um, and that that just capped our season I think that was like I said either the 11th or 12th um, the Cardinals put the Braves out of the postseason. So I don't know what that is, but I am probably the most superstitious baseball fan slash ex-player. Um, you know, we all have our little things. But if you look back when, uh, like I said, 2019, when they, they – so they stopped doing the chop at Truist Park, then SunTrust Park. They don't play the chop anymore. It is not played because, you know – feelings and stuff um <laughs> they don't even sell tomahawks uh either so they played with the baseball gods and that was the first game they didn't play the chop and 11 runs got scored in the first inning which is the most ever scored in the first inning and the hundred and something years baseball has been around so like i said baseball mojo superstition yeah last year i think was the 150th anniversary of the major league of major league baseball uh, yeah, something, something yeah. like that. We're definitely in that realm. Um, right now, uh, so yeah, coming off yesterday's doubleheader, uh, because Saturday got rained out in Atlanta. Yeah, I think, uh, I think y'all split that doubleheader there yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, we split it. They took the early game. We took the late one. Um, right now, I don't know what the issue is, but we're, we flew, after the game last night, we flew from Atlanta, we, as if I'm on the fucking team. Um, but anyway, we flew to fucking New York, and we're at City Field right now for a double, or another doubleheader. So we are in the game one right now that started at 510, and then we have another one tonight at 840. So, yeah, that's uh, they, they're having a rough past 48 hours uh, after tonight. They, they probably need to lay down and just sleep a little bit. Yeah. Now, and, and you and I had talked about – you know, that the two games for our teams when we played each other, um, offensively, the games were great. I mean, they were just entertaining to watch. But the pitching staff, on the other hand, both bullpens got beat the hell up. Uh, I know that watching it from my side, the, the, the Red Sox, I mean, just the middle relief has a lot left to be desired. I mean, we got guys in there named Andres, and it's like, what is he doing there? Um, 
we still have Ryan Brazier. He's MIA. Um, he's he's because he's from here, so I, I think he's still here handling like personal issues. I'm not sure that he's reported to the team yet or not. I know that he is under contract with them, so um, I you know you, I can't really find a whole lot of information about it. But um, you know we we got guys like Adam Ottavino, uh, you know Ryan Weber. Yeah, I mean. It, I think for me, the only bright spot as far as like pitching is concerned that that I'm looking forward to, and then that's going to really help my team out is going to be Chris Sale has been kind of beating the curve on his recovery time coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, he came he the other day he threw a bullpen session, threw 40 pitches, um, said he felt great afterwards. Uh, he came in for a full workout uh, about a week and a half or two weeks ago. And it was an off day for everybody, so like the entire pitching staff came in to work just to watch him throw from the mound. And I mean, to me, that's that's kind of awesome because I mean, whether you like the Red Sox or not, I mean, you have to like Chris Sale. I mean, the guy the guy throws. I mean, he's oh yeah, he's kind of like a quiet version of Trevor Bauer. I mean, he just comes in, does his work, and he doesn't you know he doesn't have a lot of hyperbole as far as like I'm going to strike this guy out with one eye closed kind of a deal. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I like I like Trevor Bauer's bravado, but it just I like the way that Chris Sale just kind of silently comes in and just does his job. But uh, the Braves pitching, man, I dude. So here's uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna split that in half right here. Yeah. I think it's an issue that both of us lie in. We throughout the history of both teams uh, have been spoiled on the mound and I think the bar is just set I mean I've been talking about Red Sox I mean Pedro Martinez uh the Roger Clemens I mean Jesus Christ the pitching award is named after Cy Young you know so uh, you know just I remember uh Tim Wakefield too oh Um, yes yes I do remember the grandfather of the knuckleball yeah I do remember uh yeah I mean things like that and then uh the Braves we had the Aces um Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you. I mean, you. You had Maddox, you had uh, Smoltz, you had Glavin. I mean, yep. dude. I mean, that rotation right there. Just those three guys in that rotation during the '90s. I mean, these these guys. I mean, if, if you look at the way that guys pitch nowadays, they all pitch north and south. Uh, yeah. Tom Glavin and 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 uh, Greg Maddox, they pitched east and west. So yeah. I mean, I mean, they made you go outside the zone. And it just... I, I love the aces, and 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 here's why. Uh, and obviously, I'm fucking partial to them, but it's just two dynamic, or excuse me, three dynamic different styles of pitches. My favorite is John Smoltz, just because uh, when I grew up playing, like you know, every kid and teenager wanted to be the pitcher. I just wanted to put my Copenhagen in my mouth and hang out in center field. So I was all about Andrew Jones. You know, uh, that was my guy. I didn't want to pitch, but I had a two-seam, four-seam, and straight fastball, uh, partial slider. So I, I identified with Smoltz, and I had this umpire, um, and he followed me for, like, 10 years. Like, he was just – he coached all my rec, U at triple S A A U, and every time I get up, he's like, all right, Smoltz, you get him. Because I only pitched, like, one or two innings. Like, that was it. That's all you're getting out of me. Um, so I just – I love Smoltz, and I remember back – in 1993, my uncle took me to Turner Field, and Smoltz was starting then with that shit-ass mustache he used to have. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> he he like, still has it. <laughs> if he pulled up like in a white band, like he was sending off some weird vibes. But um, yeah, I was like, that's my guy. So obviously, like if he was, uh, I mean, if he was a pedophile, I probably would have gotten a band. Like, hey man, I see you pitch like. <laughs> uh, I don't need the free candy. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just but Maddox, you know, Maddox fastball was what fucking 88 miles an hour, like damn near zero speed. Um, and then you had Smoltz out there just sliding everything away, like you know his it's breaking ball would just drop out of the clouds, and that was his thing. But it would come in so hot, and he had Glavin just very north-south so he has three dynamic differences uh yeah. and then don't forget the women love him uh you remember javi lopez our catcher i mean can't yeah you gotta have 
to be a good pitcher, sometimes you got to have a good catcher. And the dude was just, you know, I I don't think any three of them, they would still be great going your own, but they would be, Javi definitely helped them out uh, a lot of times, especially imagine trying to catch for Greg Maddox. Like that thing's just dropping left and right, hitting corners, slow speed, like, um, well, uh, yeah, that's like Veritek trying to catch Wakefield's knuckleball. Oh, he he absolutely hated it. <laughs> he, he imagine trying to catch a knuckleball like, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, Wakefield he was a he was a reliever coming out of the bullpen, I believe. It, definitely not a starter. Um, so yeah, I mean they 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 stretched him out for a starter for a couple of weeks. He was he was the guy that they went to to fill in if somebody went down on the injured reserve list. Um, but you know, I mean, and, and before you, before, and, and before you go there, I'm going to try to take your thunder away here. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call out one of the darkest moments as anyway, during my life as a Red Sox fan was the 2003 ALCS game seven, Tim Wakefield comes in in relief to pitch to Aaron fucking Boone. He throws that knuckleball and it hangs up on him and Aaron Boone just parks it. What's a knuckleball? Knuckleball is a pitch that okay, it, it doesn't it doesn't spin, and it moves all over the place. It literally defies physics. Really. And if you watch a guy throw it, he throws the pitch like he's trying to pitch inside of a hallway in your house. Yeah, if uh, I guess your, if your co-host has a computer, I heard this stat not too long ago and I, and I meant to back it up but if I'm not mistaken I think less than 20 pitchers have been able to actively throw the knuckleball in entire MLB history yeah yeah there, there's less guys less guys throw the have thrown the knuckleball effectively and that, that that's their signature pitch during the entire 150 years 151 years of Major League Baseball there have been more guys that have walked on the moon Absolutely. There's also a chick that does it too. Uh, Eri R E R I Yoshida. Okay, so she's a Japanese girl. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, still, but we're talking about like we're talking about the show, you know. Yeah. So it's a, in the show, and then and what you're talking about, you know, postseason to not only throw the pitch for one, but throw the pitch in the big leagues too. And for three in the postseason uh, is absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, that's 2003. That's y'all had uh, Pedro, Manny Ramirez, Johnny Damon. Like y'all had a setup, didn't y'all? Yeah, and then yeah, it, we we were like one or two missing pieces away. I think we still had Nomar Garcia Para back in 2003 because we traded him away uh, for uh, crap. Who was it? I forget. I think it was. Uh, Oh wow! I think okay. it was I think it was Keith Folk. I think that we traded Garza uh, Nomar for in two thousand four. Yeah, because I know that Nomar he still got the World Series ring. Uh, in o you know after the season was over in 04, uh, just because he played a majority he played he played up until the trade deadline with the Sox. And Wasn't he with uh, when y'all broke the curse of the Bandino? Well, yeah, he played for us that year, but we traded him in 04, and that was the year that we won. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, man. I mean, you know how it is. I'm that's like that's like Jose Iglesias. He was he was our up and coming shortstop, and uh, we traded him to Detroit at the trade deadline in 2013, and then um, what you know, kind of you know, and that in that in 2013, that was the 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 breakout year for Xander Bogarts, and uh, I mean. And it, <laughs> well, hey, Xander Bogarts, dude, I'll tell you what, dude. I mean, love him or hate him, dude, you cannot argue that the guy is probably arguably one of the best, if not the best, shortstop playing baseball right now. Uh, offensively or defensively? I, I got some quarrels with that pending. Um, he, he is good, but something about I mean, as I, my shortstop just struck out. Well, uh, never mind. I was going to say Dansby. Uh, when he's on, he's on, but he's definitely off right now. And I yeah. can't say. And it's the same. It. And it's the same way with Bogarts. I mean, he when when he's off, he has got a hole in his swing that you can park a truck in. But uh, I mean, Dansby and and Bogarts both. I mean, if you get get those guys down, you know, 
0-2, you know, if you get them too, into a two-strike count, I mean, they choke up on that bat and they defend that plate. And, I mean, they, they may pop out or line out or whatever, but, I mean, they always put that ball into play. I mean, they, the, those are the two guys that I can think of that, that rarely strike out when they're down two strikes. I See, I wish I had something like that. Um, I guess on the Braves, uh, it, we're, it's very complex. And, uh, you know, National League Manager, Manager of the Year um, for – Two years, I think. I know he's won at least one. I think he won it twice. But Brian Snicker, manager of the Braves, um, you know, he's got such in the history uh, an entire just lineup. Uh, You know, MB Free, reigning National League uh, Most Valuable Player, uh, aka MB Free. Um, He, I just he went earlier this year one for twenty one, like, but. He's still right there in the top 10, I think, in home runs hit this year. You know, so, like, it's power or not. And then uh, don't forget, we got Ozzy. Ozzy Albies, uh, like, five foot six, just hit his 11th home run. We got a Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, dear God, man. Um, it just. Yeah, Acuna, you got Vladdy Jr., you got Tatis Jr. Uh, I mean, these guys are just teeing off, but. You know, one of the things that I don't like about the home run, uh, the home run explosion, is it, you know that it's a byproduct of the launch angle. That's all it is. I mean, these yeah, guys. I, I they, with these saber metrics. I don't know about you. I thoroughly enjoy them. I love the exit velocity, the launch angle, uh, and I love seeing it at different parts. Yeah, I mean, uh, launch, launch velocity. I mean, exit velocities. That's one thing. I mean, that, that I mean, because that 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 tells that tells scouts, that tells front offices how hard this guy's hitting. How you know when he makes contact? How hard is the ball leaving the bat? I mean, and that's important because. But as far as like the launch angle, the problem that I have with the launch angle is that pitching is going to make its way back around, and you started to see that this year too. Because we've had like what four no hitters this year already, and it, and it's made no hitters kind of a yawn worthy kind of a thing. But it you you find a pitcher that just really gets on that day. He'll expose the shortcomings of all of these hitters that are out there, you know, trying to trying to park it in the upper deck, and and it, it's. I, I think that when pitching starts to actually come back towards the side of pitching versus hurling, I think that the game will you know become a whole lot more balanced, and uh, you know in in the these offensive style games like you and I had to witness last week where both games ended 10-8, you know, we won't see those as often. And so that way, when you start seeing those football-type scores on a baseball uh, box score, you know pitching had a real shit day that day. But um, I think that with, you know, I mean, and, and hats off to these kids that are out there doing it. You know, they're out there. I mean, because the pitchers now, I mean, they're just tossing these balls. I mean, they're they're throwing these balls 93, 94, 95 miles an hour every pitch. And there's going to be some byproducts of that. You, you're going to start she- seeing shorter leashes on pitcher, pitchers. You're going to start seeing more arms getting blown out. You're going to start seeing hitters. Uh, you know, you're going to start to see a whole lot more injuries towards the hitter on the hitter side of it because – they're gonna they're gonna overswing and then they're gonna tear something or they're gonna separate something. I think that we need to. I think that the front offices need to really step up and they need to really rein the game back in. And and I, and I know a majority of that's going to be on the players. They've got to they've got to pull that back in themselves. But when when pitchers start pitching again versus trying to just pump those fastballs over, you know, pump those fastballs in. I, I think that we're going to start seeing a more balanced game, and it's going to be more of the kind of game that you and I grew up watching, and it's going to become more of a reminiscent type, um, uh, type of a game. And and it's really that's I think that that really is going to benefit the game itself versus what we're seeing out there now. Is it more or less like uh, what football is doing right now? Because they they more or less rush; they don't actually uh, toss the ball. Cause that's a very good, uh, not metaphor, but that's a that's a good translation. Good, yeah, it's a good comparison. Yeah, 
there's a lot of very similar to football. You know, like what what's going to exert more time on the clock in football? What's going to exert more of your receivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, it, it's just easier for the QB to turn around, give the other guy the ball. You save your your quarterback, got and your line's already blocking for something. Every play they're blocking, so might as well give them something. And then runners are just running a lackadaisical route if it's handed off, you know. But we don't see that uh, unless you're like you're at the game. You can almost like call it if it's going to be a pass or not. So very, I mean that's awesome. But in baseball, it's very similar too. There's, there's a lackadaisical issue, and then there's there's excuses too. And the excuses are getting real old. But the excuses are an excuses older than baseball. Um, you just like you don't. I, I enjoy a good error. I love a good error because if you mess the ball, like let's take an outfielder. If it's a fly and you're gunning for it and you dive, you miss, that's good baseball right there. You gave it all. You got your backup guy if he's doing his job. Yeah, that guy's going to get on base. But it was high risk, high reward. Same thing with a pass in football. What do you want? You want those five or six yards that your, you know, your, your fullback or running back is going to get you? Or do you want – you know, to throw it downfield, that high risk, high reward, running the risk of an interception, which is more likely than a fumble in my eyes. Um, so, like, that's the thing. I think there needs to be that old school baseball. I mean, like I said, I was, I, I loved the outfield growing up. I played it, lived it, loved it, played it at every level to include Legion. And Andrew Jones is my guy. And um, my girlfriend, I made her sit here and watch a 10 minute Andrew Jones highlight video the other day just showing how crazy it can get in the outfield back when that was okay yeah i mean uh, you had you andrew know. jones i had ken griffin jr so yeah, it did. yeah i mean you know i mean watching ken griffin jr roam center field dude it was a treat and my dad was in the navy so when i got exposed to big league baseball you know when i was old enough to like remember it and actually enjoy it we were living in Washington, and we were literally an hour outside of Seattle. So I got to go to the Kingdom, yeah, the Kingdom, not Safeco Field, but the Kingdom, a lot. And I got to see a lot of King Griffey Jr. playing almost on a daily basis. And and to me, I mean, but I was never a Mariners fan. I was always a Griffey Jr. fan because it was just the way that he approached the you know the game, not only from a defensive standpoint, but the way he approached it at the plate. And offensively speaking, I mean, you look at King Griffey Jr. A lot of the times. He would take a guy out on his secondary pitch, you know, and it was yeah, like, you, like what you just said is something. I had this conversation a few weeks ago um, with the guy I was playing golf with, um, you know, a big golfer. But to say like you're not a Ken Griffey Jr. fan is like I can't even talk base with baseball with you after that. You know, like you have to be if you appreciate the sport and the game, you're a Griffey fan. That textbook swing. Oh, um, you can't I teach mean, it. And when people say, like, oh, he was my favorite player. Like, you can't say that. That's like saying Tiger was your favorite golfer. Obviously, he's a GOAT. I mean, Griffey wasn't the GOAT, but so textbook in all his movements. But, I mean, did, with, did Senior senior didn't play for the, the Mariners, did he? Yeah, they did. Uh, he, 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 and, he and Junior played at the same time. Um, That's it. You know, I mean, I, I, it was great being able to go to those games and watch those two, you know, like junior played center and senior played right, uh, left field. So you, you get this like lazy pop fly. It's just, you know, it's one of those can of corn type catches. And senior's got it lined up. Junior runs over from his area and he steals the catch from his dad and just laughs at him as he's running back into the dugout. I mean, it was just fun watching those two guys play together. Because I mean, I mean, at that point, they, yeah, they were out there to play games and and, and make a, you know make a living, but they were just out there having father and son fun time, and it was dude, it was just great. I loved it because I mean, to me, that's what baseball is supposed to be about, you know. And it's like, you know, it, it, like at the end of the the movie Field of Dreams, if you don't cry when Ray asked his dad to have a catch, there's something seriously wrong with you. Oh God, yeah. You know. I I can't get over um, – and we, we are in – we're in that era right now um, with, I guess, greatness, producing greatness. Um, Vlad Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, I mean, his dad – I wouldn't say a household name, but everyone 
you know, did kind of know who Vlad Senior was. And yeah, then, if you spent more than five minutes watching baseball back in the back in the early two thousands and in the nineties, you knew who Vlad Guerrero was. I mean, he had that he had that pine tart up ass bat, and he hit without batting gloves. Yeah, see, if I swung on a ninety five mile an hour fastball using his bat. I would probably just fall down and cry. Like, I don't know how his hands, like, dealt with that. Uh, and then now his son um, is literally leading the MLB in home runs hit. And he's uh, and that's just home runs. Uh, the average and stuff is, speaks for itself. Yeah, I think him and Otani are tied for the, for the lead. There was such a uh, – two years ago uh, when they yeah, – 2019 – Cleveland held the home run derby in the all-star game. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Um, that year, there was, you know, because Vlad doesn't speak English, uh, and his dad speaks broken English, but they they put out a really cool commercial, and Vlad was like, hey, you know, I always wanted greatness for you. Um, you know, I gave you my name. I did not know that you would take our name this far. Uh and I thought that was really cool because I, that year, that was his rookie year. And I was like, man, you swing just like your damn dad. Yeah. And, and I, have you seen those superimposed videos where they compare the swings? I mean, legitimately, he's on the same swing plane and everything. It's creepy. But at the same time, like, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about, like, you know, the, the greatness producing greatness. Dude, it's giving me goosebumps because it's like that's, that's part of the whole deal with the game. Yeah, I'm legitimately uh, seeing his arms just bump up. I thought it was the cold air. Yeah, no. I mean, but, like, I mean, because even now, like, UK, you got Mike Yaskrimski playing for the Giants. That's uh, Carl Yaskrimski's grandkid. You got um, BGO's sons playing for the Toronto Blue Jays. Vlad Jr.'s playing for the Blue Jays. Um, Sadly enough, uh, Roger Clemens' kids, they're not going to go anywhere just because, one, the stigma of their dad, two. I think the older of the two, two brothers, the older, of the, the older of the two sons, I think he ran into some drug trouble about, what, 10 years ago, something like that? Yeah. Who was but, it? Uh, Roger Clemens. He, he had two, two sons. Both of them played for the University of Texas. One of them gets drafted. Uh, I forget who he got drafted by. I think he got drafted by the Astros, but he was making his way through like single and double A ball. Then he ran into some drug charges, and he got—he's not playing baseball anymore at all. Um, oh, it was a bar fight. Was it a bar fight? Yeah. Yeah, it was. A bar I'm looking f- at it right now. Yeah, it was a bar uh, fight. Friend awarded uh, awarded uh, three point two million dollars in Houston. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, and what's cool for me, like, as far as, like, local flair, like, Ryan, Ryan Brazier, uh, who pitches for the Red Sox, he helped, helped them win their title in, eight, in 2018. He went to my high school, so he's from this town. Uh, Brandon Workman's from Bowie, Texas, and that's about 45 minutes down the road. So we've got a couple of 940 area, area code kids that are playing in the big leagues. Um, Chase Anderson. I think he pitches for uh, I think he pitches for the Diamondbacks. Uh, he went to Ryder as well. He went to the same high school. And what's funny about that is that Ryan Brazier used to catch Chase An- or Chase Anderson in high school. Really? Yeah, Brazier didn't start pitching until after he got out of high school. And I mean, uh, and and I remember watching uh, what was it uh, that show Intentional Talk on MLB Network, and they were talking mm-hmm. to Ryan Brazier. And he was like, yeah, you know, because at the time, the Diamondbacks were in the playoffs. And he was like, yeah, I'm really hoping that, you know, that Arizona. He said Chase Anderson? Yeah. Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, so he's playing for the Phillies now? Okay. So, um, at the time that the Diamondbacks were still in the playoffs, and they were actually getting pretty deep. I think they had made it to, like, the divisional round or whatever. But um, he was sitting there, and he was like, I'm pulling for the Diamondbacks because I want to play Arizona in the in the World Series, because he because you know uh, Brazier in right what, what year era what year uh, twenty eighteen. Oh, okay, my, my bad. I, as soon as I hear Diamondbacks, I always go to Randy Johnson. I have no idea. Hey, why. I used to watch him pitch in Seattle, man. I mean, to me, he's always going to be the big unit. And new, I just I, I sit. Was he was like six foot four, 
And this guy's sitting there pitching downhill. I mean, it's like, good God. <laughs> you know? uh, and anytime I think of Randy Johnson, it's not the, it's not the pitch where he killed that pigeon with. That's it, what I think. I, I think of the All Star game when he was pitching to John Cruck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and he pitched it over John Cruck's head, so John Cruck turns his batting helmet uh, around backwards, and he holds the bat by the barrel. <laughs> I am. Okay, I I like players. I mean, I love my teams. Uh, you know, I love my Falcons. My Hawks made it last night, but I'm Atlanta-based everything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just Randy Johnson, it's a it's a bittersweet subject because he one of his no hitters came against my Braves, and I just it, you know sometimes you just got to have that that hurt. I mean, think about the Falcons and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, man. That, there's just, every Atlanta-based team. Well, it gets hard to be a fan sometimes. Like they will hurt you. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to tell you in uh, a story here. Uh, I think uh, your co-host will get a kick out of this. Uh, <laughs> so before I went in the army, uh, I graduated high school early. Um, I, I might sound like a dumbass, but I'm a smartass. Um, so and I was playing in Triple S A ball at AAU and Legion at the time, and one of my coaches was like, hey, I know you love University of South Carolina. Uh, Coach Trey Tanner at that time, this is 07, um, going into 08. So, and he was like, hey, they divvy up scholarships and walk-ons between the athletic departments per year or something like that. I could be wrong. I don't know. And I was like, okay, what do I have to do? He's like, all right, it's a Monday through Friday. It's a five-round cut. He's like, all you got to do is go down there, work out five, six hours a day, do some drills and stuff like that. Just, you know, go check it out. You're done with high school. You know, you could be a young walk-on, uh, red shirt and all that stuff. I was like, all right, cool. Um, and obviously, 17 years old, I'm like, Gamecocks are red. Like, duh, I'm wearing a red shirt, idiot. But anyway, I didn't know what that meant at the time. So, uh, anyway, I lived about an hour north of Columbia, right below Charlotte, North Carolina. And so, Monday through Wednesday, um, I drove down there. And I was driving a 1994 Chevy Silverado. And just uh, driving that big old horse was just killing me. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not coming back after Wednesday. In retrospect, after Tuesday, they stopped cutting outfielders. They were doing more infield drills, and we were out there just kind of, you know, playing grab ass or whatever. Uh, so I just never went back, and that's one of the things that kind of haunt me. Um, I never would have made the starting roster because right beside me, standing in center field uh, in 2007, 2000, you know, going into 2008, was this uh, young guy you might have heard of. Him. Oh yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, we were sitting in center field. Like I said, I played center. Um, that's where I was trying out for. And there's Jackie. And we're just, you know, hey, like, what's up? You know, he was, I didn't know who he was going to be. Yeah, good old um, JBJ. Yes, sir. And, and that's ridiculous. What's so funny is that is, if I, I, I and, you know, who's to say yes or no? But in my head, it would have been a yes. But that's the, that's the Gamecock team that won the back-to-back 2010-2011 college World Series. <laughs> yeah, he was he was part of that uh, that great outfield that the Red Sox had put together, the Killer Bees. It was uh, Benatendi, Betts, and Bradley, and dude, I mean, and, and then they went on in 2018 just to, to kind of kill everybody. Dude, that's cool. I had never heard that story before. That's dude, that is awesome. That is the last time that I played baseball because obviously following year went in the army and that's how that's how this began so yeah it's uh that's how that happened um now founders part um and then uh one of the he plays his second base in kansas city royals but uh went merrifield i mean that 2011 blooper to right field to do a walk i love a good walk off i don't care if i don't care whose team it is yeah i mean i love a walk off uh, there's no bigger middle finger in the world than a walk-off anything. Um, 
I mean, if you do a walk-off grand slam, that's the ultimate one. Like, you, oh. like you got to – if you're the opposing team, you have to quit baseball then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, almost. I mean, it's just <laughs> – I mean, I mean – or what's even worse, right, If is, is if it's like uh, it's a 3-0 count, bases are loaded, and you're Tatis Jr. hitting a walk-off grand slam. Oh my gosh! You talking about that unwritten rule crap? Oh God! You, and 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 if you watch any of our previous episodes, man, it was like two or three weeks ago. I addressed the unwritten rules and how I think most of them are crap. And it's like just get it out was, there and play was, the game. It was uh, episode nine. Yeah, because I mean, Trevor Bauer tweeted out. He goes, "Man, if you if you swing three zero and hit one out on me, dude, I'll tip my hat to you." You know, and I'm like, see, Trevor Bauer gets it though. Absolutely. And you, you know. have to have that. I mean, why? why we look, okay, and we, how do I put this? I'm trying to choose my words wisely. Um, okay, so as fans of any sport, I don't care what sport you like. Um, I don't care if you're into extreme crochet knitting. I don't care. Like, you want some form of savagery, just brutal you want something to happen. I'm not saying like people get hurt or anything like that, but you want that 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 anguish to to, to come out. Like I'll take Fenway Park. There's no better home run than hitting it over the big green monster. There's no oh, better yeah. home run in baseball. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, because it's freaking huge. Well, it's a thirty. It's a it's it's a thirty foot wall, but it's like the wall giveth and the wall taketh away. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and what what and some of these line drives that you know they call them wall balls, but it's like. Some of these, some of these line drives that bounce off the green, dude. It's, I mean, in any other park, those would be, those would be big flies, and they'd be home runs. And that that wall, depending on how you pitch, will either be your best friend or it will be your biggest enemy. And I bet, I bet the engineer when he made that actually said, "Well, we're make funny sure thing is that the reason win. why the big green, you know, why the green monster was created in the first place is if you look back in the '40s, when that ball, when that wall was built, it was nothing but ads." And the reason why they put that there was because oh. the people that were sitting outside the park were sitting on top of, like, the bars and the pubs and everything right there on Lansdowne Street. They were sitting there looking over the wall and watching games for free. Yeah. They, they created that. You said 40s, right? Yeah, it was like the uh, 40s or – yeah. Well, I think it was like 47, 48 when that wall was put in. I can't remember, I think. What is it? Yeah, they kept it like that because that was their era. It has to be in that time frame because I think the 60s is when they started going more digital, and that's why they keep that wooden, um, you know, old-school scoreboard out there. Yeah, and uh, it's I think it's they, the last manually operated scoreboard in the major leagues. I'll tell you another fun fact, um, especially for your viewers and stuff. Um, so I, I sat on the Big Green Monster – and 1934. Yeah, that's right. I got, I got back from Afghanistan, um, and you know I went up and hung out with a couple army buddies in Boston, and somehow we landed tickets. I sat on the monster. I tell you what's really cool is behind the monster, um, and I guess like underneath it in a sense is Red Sox corporate headquarters. Yeah. Um, and it gets that portion of that park gets sun as long as the sun is in the sky it gets all the sun so what was happening was corporate headquarters right there Fenway were it was just cooking in the office like no matter what they did with thermostat so they took a really cool approach and I respect this I I like unique things um you're talking about the garden that they put up there yeah the garden yeah Uh, Fenway Gardens yeah so all you know, all the vegetables and stuff that you eat in that stadium is grown at the park because uh, I guess photosynthesis or whatever, like it cools down the corporate headquarters because it has the garden above it on the roof. Yeah. So I just thought that, I always thought that was like super cool. Just that a very is cool. Thing. Yeah. And, um, we're going to, we're going to cut this short a little bit here. So, Hey, uh, Zach, real quick, I just want you to take a couple minutes. Um, and cause I know that you're on the amateur tour out there still, right? Yeah, I'm still doing uh, some amateur work. Yeah, you want to take a couple minutes and talk about that, man. We'll 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 throw you guys some plug here. Uh, yeah. So I I haven't been playing as much as I want to lately. Um, but I play on the what you call the U.S. Am Tour, and then I also play for the Veterans Golf Association. Um, the U.S. Am Tour, uh, it's it's flighted 
So that means you play against people of your likely handicap. Okay. Uh, awesome ton, and and it's nationwide. Um, they have. I'm from here to Texas, Washington. Uh, I mean, you, you name it. There's there's a regional area you play. Uh, we have nationals. Nationals this year is in San Diego in September. You play for points. You play uh, for money. There's buy-ins, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just picked up golf when I got out because it's very strategic and kind of tactical, you know, tactful and stuff. So um, I enjoy it. Uh, been playing for a little bit, and I'm actually – uh, if I get some more practice in, I might go try out for the true amateur, the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the league below PGA uh, here in a few months, um, just to try it out. I need to practice. A, I need to play like I did last year. Um, but yeah, that's and the VGA is great, man. Um, if any veterans are listening or whatever, that's a great thing. Uh, anything from you know paraplegics, uh, just fundraising. That's a good time, you know. Just hanging out with other veterans is always a, a good time of all, you know, wars and um, you know, just any kind of service. So that's always fun. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my golf and well, I actually played two days ago in a charity tournament, um, but we uh, we finished second to last with an under par score because old people like to lie. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Someone claims that they shot a 55. Like, get out of here. Like, there ain't no way you shot a 55. Like, and Is that then with or without no the handicap, though? You can't. <laughs> I mean, 55 with, like, three other teammates. Like, why aren't y'all on tour? Like, what are y'all doing out here? Um, but I will tell you this, too. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, tomorrow she is off. And she said, we have to go to the store and take that photo for Skelton. Uh, I guess she knows a sports store that sells, uh, you know, like I said, shit ass toilet paper called Red Sox gear. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I'll go. I'll have your, your photo will be up sometime tomorrow, and yeah, I will put that. Up. I haven't forgot about you. I just I, I'm not buying any Red Sox anything. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just like I was gonna wait on you to send me a Braves hat, but then when they won that first night. And I sent you that text message that I'm going to go ahead and call you out on that you didn't reply to when I said that I at least got ahead of spot in the finals. I felt sad. Yeah. You know, I was like, meh, okay. And I would have done it, too. I would have done it, too. I I would have. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you what. Just because I I know how much pain it brings you, and and far be it for me to want to do that to one of my brothers. I'll let you off the hook, man. You you don't have to do it. No, 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 no. But but you have to, but just for one day at least. Wait, 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 wait. He okay. doesn't have to put it on his body because I know that if you were to ask me to put on some kind of Yankees gear, there's not enough fucking holy water in the world to cleanse away that sin. Okay. I can get you a, a young priest and a. I will old kick priest. you square in the asshole, dude. I will. I'll I'll be willing to. No. Okay. Anyways. Pain I'll let y'all, let y'all the off the, I'll let y'all, I'll let y'all off the hook, but I want you to say right here, right now, that you love you some Red Sox baseball, and then you can just, then I'll let you off the hook. I'll send you the photo tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, Zach. Well, hey, um, just give uh, people some insight here. Uh, this is my buddy, Zach Medford. Uh, he... Uh, we were in uh, no slack, and uh, if I have to explain that to you, you're well, you know, you're just going to miss out. But, uh, brother, it is always a pleasure talking to you on the phone. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come onto the show today. So yeah, we'll have you. Uh, we'll have you on again in, uh, a little bit later. Talk yeah, about the because I'm I'm actually just interested in the uh, v, uh, veteran uh, baseball team or veteran golf. Yeah, he plays for the Veteran Golf Association. So. Oh, Veteran yes, Golf yeah. Association. The PGA, you can Google it, check them out. They're everywhere too. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Thank you for having me on today. Uh, Mets just took Game One. About to watch Game Two. Uh, I just here. seen that. So. Yeah, boys, and then, like I said, I still got to get back out to Texas, and maybe one day I can be there actually in person, and we'll put on a good one. Yeah. All right, man. Let me know. Hey, man, uh, I'll I'll holler at you here in about a day or so, uh, so that way you and I can just kind of sit down and just shoot the shit. But, uh, Zach, I, I really appreciate it, man.
Hey, no problem, man. No fucking slack. No slack, brother. Talk to you later. Well, that was a fun episode. Yeah, that was fun. Um, talking to Zach, I mean, the, the guy is just, you know, he's squared away, man. Um, he's... And he sounds like he has his hand full of a lot of the stuff that he's... Uh, yeah, he's got his... his he's, he wears a lot of different hats. And, dude, I'm telling you what, he, you know, he... he I mean, he puts up with the same kind of crap that a lot of veterans do when they come back. Uh, you know, whether it be divorce, you know, kids, relationships, uh, you know, he's got his own demons. But, man, I'll tell you what, uh, to a T, he's probably one of the better individuals that I, you know, that I, I have the pleasure of knowing, you know, with my associations with the Army. But, uh, and I'm not just saying that because he was on the show, but, I mean, I, I can legitimately sit there and talk with this guy for hours about baseball. And, uh <laughs> <laughs> you know the fact that he just could not bring himself to say that he loves him some Red Sox baseball. I mean that, that was that was that was beautiful. That that was that was that was really. Good. I'll <laughs> send was, you the photo. <laughs> I'll send you the photo tomorrow. Yeah, that was great. All right. Well, I'm David Ickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton, and this is Nerd Sports. Thank you for watching. Peace.